This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 420. Jackie Corley on Break the Cycle. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Let me kick this off by once again defining exactly what it means to be a hypnotic worker. A hypnotic worker is that person who you might not yet be aware of, yet is one of those people who is just rather busy out there doing the actual work of professional hypnosis. This is that person who can talk about actually what's working right now, as opposed to bouncing from one training to another without truly implementing the knowledge. In addition to that, the hypnotic worker is not just spouting armchair philosophy or repeating the same popular things that everyone else says, because once again, they're actually out there doing the professional work of hypnosis. And I mention that here to really kick off this week's episode featuring Jackie Corley, because she might be someone that many of you are not yet aware of, yet very rapidly you will become aware of the work that she's doing. That I first got to know Jackie as she went through various programs of mine online that we host over on the Work Smart Hypnosis website, a few interactions here and there online, and then as it often is the case these days, I'm on different social media channels, and here's a person who I'm starting to notice who is putting out consistently great content and just gets it, and really speaks from a place of evidence, speaks from a place of passion, and speaks from a place of experience. And uh, I believe this might be the first time we've actually had a full-on conversation, which is the joy of hosting a podcast, though oddly enough, here I am over toward the east side of Florida, and I believe she's over on the west side in the Tampa area. And inside of this conversation, you're going to hear some rather deep dive insights in terms of what's necessary in terms of unpacking the limiting beliefs that often would hold us back as well as hold back our clients. Talking about what it truly means to dive headfirst into a training and really experience our own transformational moments and how so often we can go into something without any sort of preconceived notion as to, well, this is what it's going to turn into and suddenly everything changes. Uh, there's also some really fascinating insights around what it takes to really access our own personal transformations, how so often we run into people who somehow have convinced themselves of the story that they have to have everything figured out, everything sorted in order to be qualified to help others. And we're all kind of on this journey together. And we would be amiss to not dive in, of course, to what she's currently doing to actively bring in high-quality clients into her business. So this whole theme of Break the Cycle and all the work that Jackie shares inside of this episode, while again, it may not be a familiar name yet, it's one that I know you're going to hear more of in the future. So head over to the show notes for this week's episode. It is session number 420, so worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 420. That'll bring you directly over to the show notes for this week's episode. And while you're there, check out WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. This is the live online certification training that I co-host along with Dr. Richard Nongard, which is one part a guided tour through my hypnotic workers program, but also as so much of the work has now completely migrated online, if there's any hesitation or doubt or lack of certainty or confidence in your work with clients online, it kind of makes sense to dive deep into the work and actually engage with it 
online. Now, here's the interesting thing. If you haven't yet spent time over on that WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com page, it's that traditionally, about half of the people are completely brand new to hypnosis, and this is the first official training that they're doing. Meanwhile, the other half may often be people who have significant training, may already be out there actively seeing clients, and yet perhaps it's the brand of conversational suggestion as well as hypnotic phenomenon that I bring to the process as I co-host this event with Richard Nongard. Perhaps it's his evidence-based approach. So I'm always hesitant to say filling in the gaps, though for some people it is a matter of filling in the gaps. It's really about building a greater flexibility in terms of how we help our clients and really thinking differently about the professional hypnotic change work in a way that now really lends itself to the running of the business and the acquisition of new high-quality clients and not just the stuff that's there to entertain us. So check that out. Watch the video tour. Check the dates of the event coming up next over at WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. And with that, let's dive directly in. This is session number 420, Jackie Corley on Break the Cycle. My first introduction to hypnosis was actually when I was a high school English teacher. So I've always loved language and I went to school to be able to teach high school. And I ended up being a 12th grade English teacher for several years. And while I was a 12th grade English teacher, I really wanted to help my students write their college admissions essays. And it taught me a lot. And it ended up being ta taught me a lot about hypnosis without me being aware of it at the time. So these essays caused a lot of stress for these students because there was this external pressure of somebody else reading it of judging them. And then there was this in internal pressure of, you know, am I good enough? So when I first started teaching, I read through all of the admissions essays that worked for college admissions. And I found that there were a couple of key strategies and there was a formula for it of what was making essays work and what was making them not work. So I compiled this, this formula and all these strategies. And I delivered it to my students. I'm like, this is going to help you write these outstanding essays. And I had a really hard learning lesson in that moment because they weren't able to write essays that worked. And I was really shocked by this, Jason. I went, Ooh, I'm missing something here. So I got out of teacher mode and I got into listening mode and I had some students who would come to me after school, come to me at their lunch period, and they would just start sobbing. And I go, what's going on? What, what's, what's going on here? And I would hear it. And they'd say things like, I don't really feel like I have anything valuable to say. Hmm. I don't feel like I can do this. I'm not a good writer. And I'm just so overwhelmed. So I realized in that moment of listening to these students that I was going about this the wrong way. Because what I was doing, if we look at the cycle of a limiting belief and how this cycles, what I realized is that we can have a limiting belief that impacts how we feel and what thoughts we think. So they believe they didn't have anything valuable to share. And so they'd have these disempowering thoughts. When it came to taking the action to write these essays, it was coming from that place of disempowerment. They were blocking their creativity and blocking what was possible for them. And so they'd write these essays and they get the result of it not working. It wasn't a good essay. 
Did I'm going to ask you. A, I'm going to ask you a dangerous question here, and I need mm-hmm. to preframe it first. Um, are you still teaching? I am not. Okay, so no. now I can ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I mean, to be fair, it's no strike against you, but that's a model of how a lot of education has shifted. I right. I think back to, you know, I think we, you and I are kind of around the same age and it was my junior year of high school. So this would have been 1999 or 2000. And it was the history teacher explaining, and this was the first year that they did the SOLs, standards of learning test in Virginia. And he just explicitly said, I have to teach you this year in order to pass a test. This is not how I teach. We're covering American history from the end of World War II toward the end of World War, uh, to the end of the Vietnam War. I'm going to teach this class so everybody can pass the exam, yet I'm going to teach it still the way that I've always done it by exposing you to the culture. We're gonna listen to the music, we're gonna listen to the speeches, and you're gonna see what was underneath everything as opposed to just, here's the system to get the grade on the exam. Right, yeah, it was a total shift in my mindset around teaching because I realized like I needed to come into this with a different approach. So I, instead of just teaching them the strategies, I said, we have to get them out of this mindset of I can't do this. I don't believe that I can have anything valuable to share. I had this one student in particular, and I love this story, Jason. He he came to me and I was kind of in this crowded corner of this office with one of those big giant computer monitors, you know, the ones like the early 2000s (laughs) that take up the whole space. And he comes in and he puts his head down on the desk. I haven't met the student. He has his head face planted and he hands me this essay. And I hear all the beliefs, the limitations. He's like, I am more of a math science person. I don't feel like I can write like this. I hate this essay. This is the worst thing I've ever written. I just went to college counseling and they told me that I need to come to you. Please help. (laughs) And so (laughs) I said, instead of doing the approach that I had before, where I was like giving him all these strategies, I started to question those beliefs. And I said, is it okay? Like I asked for permission. Is it okay if I ask you a couple of questions? And I said, you know, this is your first time writing for this audience and in this style, isn't it? And he said, yeah. I said, so isn't it, doesn't it make sense that you, this is your first time doing it. So you wouldn't know how to do it yet. And he nodded He goes, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And I said, and the math science thing, I actually have a formula. I'm assuming that's what you mean is that you're more, you work better with formulas, right? He said, yeah. And as I started to light up and I said, like, you know, maybe we just haven't found the angle of your story yet. Maybe we just need to ask some more questions. And I watched in that those couple of questions, he went from this place of limitation to all of a sudden he was open to possibility. Yeah. And I read through his essay and it, it wasn't very good. He had written his, his first draft about being on this flag football team in eighth grade and he was being bullied by the opposing team because he was short and he ends up being able to maneuver past them and scores the touchdown. But then he transitioned his essay into talking about his decision with his doctor and his parents to take human growth hormone to become taller. And I started to push him a little bit. I'm like, do you really mean to come across that if you're bullied, you're going to inject something into your body to grow taller? So you don't, you don't get bullied. Mm. And He's like, no, that's not it. I said, what was the process like of you doing this? 
And he said he had to inject himself every single day. I said, did you like doing that? He goes, no, I'm afraid of needles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I hated it. It was painful and I hated it. I said, so why did you do that to yourself? It was because you're being bullied. And I'll never forget this moment. He just had his power come back online. And he said, no, it's because I wanted my exterior to match who I am inside and who I know myself to be. And I did that because I decided that that's what I wanted to do. And I made this commitment to myself that despite the pain, despite the fear, I was going to do this every day because I decided that that's what I wanted to do. Wow. And yeah, and I like my whole body <laughs> came in goosebumps. And I shared with him the strategies after we shifted the belief and after his power. And he all of a sudden, he's like, I have to go. It's flowing through me. And he runs out of the office. He's like, I have to write this right now. And it was such a moment for me to watch someone go from stuck to unstuck and then also turn online. I think back to a kid who I worked with. He was going from middle school to high school. And the best anecdote of this kid was the fact that um, he was getting his parents to sell his video game system. He wanted to get more active with things at school. As he put it, he goes, I don't want to be one of those people sitting in a dark room just playing on a video game console. They were moving at the same time. So like no one from the middle school going to the new high school it was completely different change. And it was the he was the son of a man who I helped to quit smoking uh, with hypnosis years ago. And it was the dad calling me and going, my son just said something brilliant. I don't think I'm smart enough to help him out. <laughs> What's going on? It's just bring him in. And it was, uh, I can't wait to reinvent myself and be the person I really am. Wow. And kind of like what you said, it's like, this is now a new audience that isn't holding on to the story of right. the old perception, which as he put it, he goes, it's not that I'm trying to be someone that I'm not, it's I'm trying to step more into who I actually am. Right. And it's really, it's really powerful to watch someone go through that process of like, oh, I can do it. You know, I can be this person that I set myself out to be. The following day, the college counselor came up to me and she had a piece of paper in her hand. She goes, have you read his new essay? And I hadn't. She goes, we made copies of it and we're passing it around the faculty room with his permission. <laughs> and I said, why? And she goes, because it's that good. I don't know what you did with him, but it's that good. And I read it and it gave me goosebumps. And he, after that moment just became, he loved writing these essays for those colleges. And the conclusion of this story was he, he applied to this school. His number one school was uh, really a more elite university that had an 8% acceptance rate and his scores and his grades weren't up to speed with what they were looking for. And their college ad admissions officer, one of their college admissions officers called our college counseling department. And they said, we know that this is his dream school. And we, he's just not, he, he, we can't send him a, an acceptance letter. And we wanted to let him know that every person in this office has read through all of his essays and we want to encourage him, please don't ever stop writing. <laughs> and I was like, I had the, you know, I got really emotional with this because I like to, to kind of circle this back into hypnosis. I realized that at any given time, we're really hypnotizing ourselves to believe in ourselves or to not. And when somebody really starts to shift their beliefs and shift how they're talking to themselves, there's so much possibility for them to really step into that person that they were meant to be. 
Well, I mean, the obvious thing here is that, you know, here you are working and stepping into that coaching consulting role and going, you know what? I think this very clearly means I need to go off and study hypnosis. Yeah. So I, I, (laughs) (laughs) well, I think it was always meant to be that way. I ended up having my own experience with that because uh, in 2015, I went to a Tony Robbins event. Yeah. And I, I lived in New York at the time. So everyone at this Tony Robbins event was kind of closed off and they were very like, I don't know. I don't believe in this stuff. (laughs) And I got there and everyone was closed off. And by the end of the third day, I saw these grown men, these tough New Yorkers, like hugging each other and vulnerable and sharing and connecting with other people. And through, through that experience, I was like, I feel more connected to people than I ever have before. And I had gone into that event with my own limitations. I had lost a series of family members, including my mom, over the course of five years. And I just watched all these people I love suffer and die. And I I inherited my childhood home. And when I went to that event, I was stuck. Like I felt like I'm never going to leave teaching. I'm never going to leave this particular job. It's okay. I'm not going to sell my childhood home. I'm never going to be able to do anything else because I just got really stuck. And after the three-day event, the exact opposite was true for me. I went from... (laughs) I am never leaving my house to there's no way I'm staying here. Yeah. There's no way I'm doing this to myself for the next like 40, 50 years where I'm staying put. And within a year, I was able to leave my job, sell my house, move across the country, start a radically different life. And so that really got me looking into what did he do? Like, what was it that caused me to be able to radically change? And when I did that research, and I looked into it, I, I realized he was doing NLP and hypnosis. And that's what really inspired me to start learning. Well, I'd, I'd go to just a personal connection on that, which was that uh, I've never gone to one of the full events, yet here's the time it was uh, maybe two years ago that as he has connections and associations with Russell Brunson and the ClickFunnels world, it's their funnel yeah. hacking live conference, which, hey, you're local. It's in September. You should come. It's awesome. And (laughs) it was that, oh, he's going to be the closing speaker. The first thing I heard was it's slated for two hours. He's probably going to go for five. Yep. Uh, He did did six. This is not for the sake of any bit of name dropping. But while I'm at the event, someone goes, well-known marketer, Dan Henry was doing an Instagram live and like scrolling across the room and I saw you jumping up and down with everybody. What's up with that? I'm like, I've never been. And a big learning strategy is to step into it 100% without the preconceived notions and judgments and then make assessments afterwards. Right. And it's the, well, I'm here. I could be cynical and, um, am I saying this out loud? Be the person who's not participating and just using it to build their social media channel. Oh, was that out loud? And instead, <laughs> be the person who's, he's doing all right. He's doing fine. And instead, be the person to dive into it and go, what would happen if? Right. You know, if instead we're only, you know, the, the joke I'd make is there's a running gag and you've seen this and the self pat on the back. Yet it's the more we're doing that, though, we're also putting our hands over our ears and just ratifying the stuff we already believe. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's so true of going, going into it a hundred percent and just being open is what I found works for anything that you're doing. Just go with it and be open. I found that even with my clients now, like the, the ones who are the most open to it working time and time again, have these, the biggest breakthroughs. 
because they're, they're just open. Like I hear I'm waiting for it, you know? Well, let's dive into that for a moment here. There's that difference when the conversation with the potential client is perhaps the, I really need this to work. I've tried everything. I really need something to help versus I can't wait for Thursday because just enough is enough. Yeah. What what do you see as the pathway to help to, you know, to get that into the appropriate motion that as much as, you know, it's not even for the sake of placebo, it's for the sake of, it's the person who fully believes in the process and is ready for it is, and this is amazing too, they're going to be compliant. They're going to show up to their appointments. They're going to use the stuff you teach them. And very likely, we, I was sharing with you before we hit record that there's a video we send in one of the programs that I do now which is, hey, now that you're in, here's the case studies in further detail that you saw of people's successes. That's probably why you joined this program. Here's this person. Here's the history that we track. They made use of all of their coaching calls. They did the work. When they got stuck, they asked questions. And we're not going to call out the name, but here's the person who got frustrated in the same week as this person having this incredible win. And they're the one who had the links to all the scheduled meetings, had the support channels and never logged into the core library too. So, and it comes around to that priming at the beginning. So I'd be curious if there's anything specific that you're now doing to raise up that energy at the origin of the process. Oh, that's a really good question because that was a, a big learning opportunity for me because I've, I've run this program that I call the process twice now. And I've learned that now the pre-framing of, you know, being open to this working, the people who show up and who are also really believe that this is going to work for them are the ones who tend to get the results. I had some of my clients who were like, what you said, I'm so excited for this to start. I can't wait. Can we start it earlier? Mm -hmm. Because I'm so ready to let this stuff go versus the clients who, when I would listen to them, they say, I don't really know that this is going to work, but I'm willing to try it. And I found that those clients just kept showing up with the, I don't know if I really want to do this. Yeah. And the result that they got, it didn't like the things that they came to me with didn't move as much as the ones who showed up with this. I'm excited to get started and to let this go. And I'm so open to doing these processes. Those, I had one, one client who we did a wheel of life activity in the beginning of the program. And she admitted that most of hers were one, most of the areas of her life, she ranked them ones and twos. And the highest that she had on that was a five. And by the end of the eight-week program, because she was so open to it, she was having these tr radical transformations on and uh, in our one-on-one -on -one sessions, by the end of the eight weeks, I had her do the the wheel of life again. And she said her lowest was a six and most of them were eights. Nice. And I'm like, that's really remarkable. But it was, bec it was because she showed up for herself. It was because she did the work. And so now I've learned exactly what you said before is to, to reef, to pre-frame it in here's how to be successful in this program. Here's how to show up for yourself. Here's how to do this powerfully. And what I think I'm going to do differently next time is make it a requirement to look for things working like each and every week, like have it written down. What is working for me? Because I think what a lot of people end up doing is looking for ways things are not working or it hasn't worked yet. And the more you focus on that, the more you just keep recreating that. If you heard me typing, it's because I was frantically looking in my spreadsheet 
because I cheat here and I have a list of all the shows that we've released over uh, the years here. You know, you do something for nine years and kind of have to figure out how to organize it. Finally, we actually created a page that was um, just here's a list of all the episodes rather than having to scroll through. And this is me talking out loud as I find my own link and episode just to share something here. Uh, I, I love that insight because to look for all the reasons that it's working, there's a admittedly oddly uh, stream of consciousness episode that I did a while ago, and I'm not finding it right now. Type the word specific. Maybe that'll pop it up. Basically, this came about from working with the stop smoking category, and it was to get intentionally weird with a client and just to point out, okay, could I just call something out? You're going to start to notice some really unique changes that let me just put this out there. I've been at this now for well over 20 years, involved with hypnosis, seeing clients for more than 15 of that. And just, you cannot shock me. Like the emails I've received of, can you help with this problem? Or here's the thing that I noticed that's differently. It's not that I'm collecting them specifically of this nature, but like I've got a folder in my email of all these messages that are like, my morning bowel movement is going so much better now that I'm a non-smoker. Thank you. I'm like, I'm so glad I get to be that person you get to share that with. Right. <laughs> um, that if I, the favorite one, I'm mad at you because I love coffee, but now that I've gotten into better shape, if I have that second cup, I'm jittery and it's pissing me off because I love coffee. And I go, second cup can be decaf, dude. Just to, <laughs> <laughs> it's that highlighting of these oddly specific things that are you know, not necessarily think of the stock image of the person standing on the scale, the arms up in the victory pose versus, mm -hmm. hey, I put on the t-shirt and I didn't have that weird bump in my back right side where the muffin top was. Yeah. That having them look for those tiniest of wins. And it's those things that pile up over time. I got on the treadmill and I set it for 25 minutes and I actually did it for 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, I, it's Yeah. I had one one of my clients who who she come to me and she's like ah, I keep I keep self sabotaging and she she almost couldn't get to the the two mile mark in this daily exercise she was like I can never get to the two miles I'm like yeah it's because you keep saying that you can't get there and I said you you believe that so strongly that every time you get to the finish line let me guess like you get all of these negative thoughts and she goes that's exactly what it's like and so we we worked on that and then the following day she goes guess what I did I said. He got past the two mile marker and she's yeah. like, I sure did. And it's like, that's a, that's a win. And, you know, since the program, she did, she didn't come for anything like weight loss, but she, since we finished, she said she lost 17 pounds. And one of the things she came into the program with is she goes, I just want to be able to look at myself in the mirror. That was her win. Yeah. I said, what would make this your, what would make this investment worth it for you? Looking in the mirror and being able to have some compassion for myself. And it was very interesting to watch that happen because at the end of the program, she was like, yeah, I, I can look at myself in the mirror and I support myself. And even her finances shifted because she came to me, she's like, I'm in a lot of debt and I have these creditors calling me and debt collectors and I just wanted to stop. And I, I just refused to look at my financial situation. I said, do you see the parallel there? You don't want to look in the mirror and you don't want to look at your finances. And so we worked on the not being able to look bit. And, you know, by the end of this, she goes, I have, I've made a plan for how I'm going to pay back all these things. And it was, <laughs> you know, I said, these are little tiny wins and they're also really big wins. 
So letting those stockpile, like you said, is what makes you end up looking back on your life and realizing, oh, I did make a transformation. Well, you mentioned the process, and I think I need to now ask, what is the process of the process? Can you kind of walk us through what that is? Yeah. So the process is an eight-week program. It has a group component and also individualized support. And we we look at three different areas. So first, the first part of the process is getting clarity on what is it that you actually want and what are some of the areas of your life that maybe aren't working and what do you want instead? Because I think a lot of people miss this part. They're like, oh, I just don't want to feel this or, and they're not clear on what it is that they're actually looking to accomplish. And if you don't have clarity, you don't know if you actually reach the goal or not. So we get clear on these areas. And then I help them using hypnosis and NLP to clean up the unconscious program, the background noise, the autopilot things that have been in the way, the traumas and the general negativity that they've been experiencing so that they can get rid of the stuff that's been in the way. I kind of think of it as like Michelangelo's David, how you chip away at that, the, all the things that aren't you. And then I have them decide the last part of that is conditioning. I have them choose like if without all of the programs of the past, without all of that in your way, who do you decide to be now? And then I help them to condition that new version of them, have the best parts of them show up, figure out like what values and rules do they need to have and teach them things like self-hypnosis so that even when they're outside of the program, they can continue doing the work. Nice. Nice. Is that, can can you kind of just talk through what the journey was to then put something together of that nature that's you know, in the style of group program with some one-to-one and, you know, putting it together as a system, as opposed to just let's do sessions. Yeah. So that actually came from you. (laughs) So I have to give, you know, a big thank you to you because I invested in hypnotic business systems about maybe a year, year and a half ago, because I didn't want to make the same mistake that I did the first time I had started a business where I was really good at helping people, but I wasn't, didn't understand the complexity of running a business. And I like ended up with this business coach that cost me all sorts of money that wasn't in my niche. And it kind of backfired for me. So when I decided to do this professionally and help people through hypnosis, I kept asking around, I uh, trained with Mike Mandel. And I kept asking around, like, who's the person to go to, to help me figure out the business? And everyone pointed to you. So I think we had like maybe a, a couple minute conversation on Facebook Messenger And I decided that hypnotic business systems was totally worth it. And because of some of the things I learned in that program, I was able to make back my investment in one sale. Nice. Yeah. It was like, oh, I was the poster child for like how to not make money with hypnosis. I guess a lot of people can relate to that. I was like, oh, let me, I can help you cure your 20 plus year phobia in one hour for $125. And I was like, ooh, yeah, that's not going to long-term work for me. So (laughs) the, the idea for running the program method and the program model was from, you know, listening to your advice and also figuring out what my niche was. Because when I first started, that was all over the place. I was helping people with quit smoking. I helped somebody in Germany. I was helping people with phobias, get over fears. And I found that it was really challenging to market because I had testimonials from all different things, you know? And so I think if your audience is confused, 
they're not going to want to get on the call. First of all, thank you for that. <laughs> and, <laughs> no, we love that story when it's the, oh, I made it back right away. But also that clarity in terms of this is the audience, though. I'm looking at even the first step of this and how, you know, getting clear on what they want. Is there a client story that comes to mind of, you know, the initial outreach was help me with X. And then through this process, it became, oh, I need to Y. I need to do this other thing. Yeah. So one of my one of my clients, she came to me and she was just like, I she goes, I'm overweight. I don't feel good about myself. I can't set boundaries. I how she had this physical pain in her body every time she went to set a boundary. And after the first session or two, and we looked at like where the root cause of this physical pain was coming from, she let it go. And she she her comment after the program, she goes, I thought I came to you thinking that I needed to fix that fix myself. And I realized that I don't have to fix anything at all. Like, and that was a powerful turnaround for her. She goes, I'm okay. I just need to allow myself to be and exist. And it all came from this one moment in childhood where she made this limiting decision. So she came thinking she had to like fix everything in her life and that there was all these things wrong. And she left with, oh, I can just be, I'm, I'm okay. And I think that's a, everyone gets something different. I don't think that anybody comes into the program with the thing that they feel like they need to fix. And then it, it's only that it's always something different. That's a little bit deeper when you do the unconscious work. And then the last phase is that of conditioning that new version, uh, just to get into some strategies here. What are some of the ways that you help to make that happen? We look at their values and their rules for life is one of the ways that we we do that. So what I've discovered from a lot of my clients is that they have rules that are set up to make it really easy to feel bad all yep. the time. <laughs> and then their rules for feeling good are like A plus B plus C plus D. And they have to be in this order and sequence. And if anything goes wrong, they're a failure at life. And it's almost funny when we like look at this on paper because they go, oh, that's why I feel that way. So I'm like, what would be better? Like what would, how could your, your values, like what order and sequence of your values and rules and how can we make it a little bit easier for you to see more good in your life? That usually helps with the conditioning. And I also teach them tools like self-hypnosis. And one of the things that surprised me most is we do part therapy and ego states that so many of my clients respond well to this is figuring out which is the best part of me to come forward and healing the reason why it's been in the background for so many years and calling that part forward so that they can start to live life with this best version of them. Nice. Nice. Especially the, well, do you, do you find that kind of language changes who responds to what you do? And what I mean by that is that, you know, I always would point out that the unfortunate stereotype of everything is falling apart. Nothing is working for me. This isn't going well. Nothing's going to help me. The people who would almost be, I hate to say it this way, the stereotype of who the public would almost think would be our clients don't tend to be the ones that are also reaching out and saying, I need help. It's usually that here's this part of life that is going well. Here's this thing that even I can look at and go, this shouldn't be this challenging. Mm. Yeah. I found that people, the clients who work with me, they resonate with, there's a part of them that wants this different life. And then there's this another part of them that feels like it keeps self-sabotaging yeah. and they're aware of it. And they might've been 
in talk therapy for years and years, analyzing like where it comes from and why am I like this? And they they know that there's something else that's possible and they've been working on it, but it doesn't feel like it's letting go and releasing. And that's usually when they reach out to me. They're like, I've tried all of these things before and I don't think I'm getting to the root. And once we can find the root of why this is looping or causing an issue, all of a sudden that possibility for it to shift exists. Nice, nice. I've got a feeling that there's going to be a great answer to this one. Not that I'm putting you on the spot here, but I am. That we often, you know, we can look back along the clients we've worked with and be very clear on that before after journey or even the places where the after becomes the after version 2.0. And it's what really would have served them in time. Like if we had to really just drill it down to go, is there a specific story of someone that really helps to define clearly the passion behind what you do? One of my clients, I think that I shared with her being able to look in the mirror. I'm friends with her on on Facebook and I'm just watching her just continue to grow and continue to like slay all her goals. <laughs> and it's remarkable to see people come in, you know, I want to change and I don't know how to do it. And I love seeing people just take their power back. I don't feel what I love about hypnosis and what I love about what I do is I don't really feel like I'm doing anything. It's their transformation. It's what they are get to say that they did it rather than putting the like you helped me. It's like, no, you helped yourself. It, these are do with processes, right? Like you had to show up and be here. And that's what I think I, I love about this work is watching people show up for themselves and then getting that result and being able to carry that with them. And it's not just one particular story. It's just time and time again of seeing people get over these limitations. Nice. Nice. I'd love to kind of transition the chat to part of the reason why uh, I already knew of you. We'd already connected before you went through a program of mine and it was on TikTok. I start to see a familiar face and I start to watch some of the videos and I'm like, oh, cool. And my whole premise of this program is that let's spotlight those people who I think are doing something very interesting in this hypnotic profession and let others know about it. So kind of talk us through what's working right now in terms of bringing people into your world. TikTok has been a wild experience for me because just about a year ago, I was really afraid of being on camera. And I had a lot of work to do in my own stuff about being safe, being seen, being safe, being heard. And I remember in your program or in one of the videos that you had made, you were talking about how you have to get on camera. Like you have to be in front of your audience because they're going to feel like they know you before they ever pick up the phone. And so I felt last year I was kind of hiding. My partner and I had started this YouTube channel called Better Life Hypnosis and Meditations. And what people don't know because they've watched us grow this channel is that I was doing it because I didn't want to be on camera. We got to record the meditations, be behind the scenes. And what I realized from that is watching it grow, we, like we celebrated with our first hundred and then our first 500 subscribers. And now we're at almost 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. And I've had so many videos that there's been hundreds of thousands of people listening to this. But what I realized from that was wow, there are people who are in need of this, who are looking for this, who want to heal themselves. And here I am afraid of getting on camera and being on scene. So I actually, in October of this past year, I didn't know if I was going to share this or not, but my cousin ended his life. Mm 
And that was a moment for me. I went through so much grief with this because I didn't know he was suffering. And that was the catalyst for me being able to work on my stuff around being safe, being seen and getting myself out there on video because I realized I'm like, there are people out there who need hypnosis, who need what I do. And I have to stop being afraid of being on camera and being safe, being seen. So I ran the whole program, the process on myself first before I launched it to anybody else. And once I released the fear of being on camera, I was able to get a TikTok to go viral pretty much overnight. So I, I made this TikTok on Saturday. And on Sunday, I woke up and my calendar had 40 booked calls over two weeks. <laughs> and I went, oh, it's on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, it was like, it gave me so much a confidence boost because not only was my calendar book, but it showed me that the work works. You know what I mean? Like I go, oh, I just released feeling safe, you know, and being unsafe and then overnight. So I found that what's working with TikTok and what I love about this is the people who are your audience are like, you get to speak very specifically to people who are looking for you. It's so great. And, and people are like, I resonate with this. And exactly what you said in your program, the people who got on the fall, call with me to to book calls, they were saying things like, oh, I feel like I know you. I found your TikTok. I feel like I know you. I like your energy. And that was a very distinct difference from being on the other side and just using my voice. It's that people do business with people. And you know that fastest pathway is part of what you did there of connecting with that audience. And you know we all have our different ways of coming around to this specific phrasing, yet it's the if you know this works so well and you firmly believe it works so well, how dare you keep it to yourself? Mm. And as that connection goes external, it becomes this obligation. It becomes this responsibility. And it's where the whole build up the motivation and all of that. It's, you know, the line about if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. No, sometimes it is work. Yet yeah. it's that's the way I found to really kick that you know, momentum back into gear. And that's incredible. Love that story. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like if I can give any, you know, for anybody who's just starting out with hypnosis is like, do the work on yourself because that's what I've been doing time and time again. If, if there's a belief that comes up or something, or I'm stuck. I go, Oh, I have a process for this. <laughs> like why? And the more you do that, like the more I feel confident, just even the fact that I'm on a podcast right now, like this isn't something that would, I thought was possible a year ago. And it feels a lot easier now that I've done all this work. And I love being able to help other people because I think what we see as hypnotists and what we see as, you know, people who do this work is the transformation doesn't have to take a long time. And I think that a lot of people really do need this work and we just got to keep showing up. Yeah, absolutely. And so awesome having you on here uh, for people to check you out and find out more. How can they find you? So my website is breakthecycle.net and there's a hyphen in between break and uh, the, so it's break hyphen the hyphen cycle.net. And I'm also on TikTok at break the cycle with Jackie and our YouTube channel is better life hypnosis and meditations. Awesome. And this is going to be episode number 420. Uh, so you can find the links to all of that in the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 420. That'll just redirect over and all the links that we've talked about here will be highlighted over there. Uh, before we wrap this up, any final thoughts for the listeners out there? 
Yeah. My final thoughts, I think I mentioned earlier is just to keep doing the work, keep doing the work on yourself and showing up for yourself. And that's going to make it more possible for you to feel this sense of knowingness, this sense of confidence when you show up for your audience. Hey, it's Jason once again. And as always, thank you so much for diving into the show notes for this episode. You can find that easily by going over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 420. That'll bring you directly over to this episode to see exactly how to connect with Jackie, our phenomenal guest this week on the program. Check out her social links, check out her websites. And of course, while you're there, also check out Work Smart Hypnosis Live. We've got an event right around the corner, and I can safely say that even if you're listening to this several months after this episode comes out, as it's become one of our most popular events, one that, again, half the people typically are brand new diving in for the first time, and the other half are there to sharpen their skills, become more confident, creative, and flexible in their hypnotic change work, and a more business-oriented approach to truly serving our clients and learning this for the sake of actually turning it into a profession. So check out the video tour, check the dates and details right now over at WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. We'll see you there. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at WorkSmartHypnosis.com. 